if it, my, hey, if it doesn't fit, you must have quit. My arthritis is kicking in. <laughs> See you, Arch. Great show, See man. You later. See ya. There he later. goes. The great <laughs> hardball Harge. Hanging with Harge every weekday from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And, of course, it's now time for the award-winning Midday with Trey and BK. We've got you for the next hour right here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube channel and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Plenty of baseball, plenty of football, plenty of randomness. You never know what you're going to get when you turn on Midday with Trey and BK. But we're happy you're with us. We're excited to be here. What's going on, brother? What he's saying right now is anybody watching or listening, well, you're fucked for the next hour. Oh, what does that mean? You're going to be like handing out toothbrushes and dental floss tonight when people trick or treat at your house? That kind of fucked? Fentanyl laced sweet tarts. Wow. You're going to be murdering kids tonight? Oh, just to the adults watching and listening today sh- to today's show. Ah, murdering adults today. Did you know that there was actually an example of somebody putting razor blades in apples back in the day? Putting razor blades in apples? Yeah, that was like the big scare. I want to say it was like the 70s or maybe the early 80s. And there was one example of it happening, but it was some degenerate dad who did it to his own kid. That's not true. Yeah, but there's always, around Halloween, there is always this fear that whatever it is that your kids are collecting from around the neighborhood is going to poison and or kill them. Mm. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have been too worried about the razor blade inside the apple because I wasn't biting into the apple ever. I'm not eating anything healthy around Halloween, so, you know, it's just a waste of a razor blade if you're doing that. Yeah, it's like sprinkling something on a toothbrush that gets handed out at Halloween. You think that toothbrush is going anywhere other than getting jammed into something not in an orifice of my body? It's getting thrown in bushes or in a trash can. It's going thrown right back in your face after I kick you in the nuts for giving me a freaking toothbrush on Halloween. (laughs) It truly is. Like, Look, I get it. Brush your teeth. Have good dental hygiene. Wrong day to try and spread that message, though, okay? Yeah, like, like that's for the kids. Way. Yeah, that's for the kids' parents to do. That's not for you, random house in the neighborhood, to be spreading the message that kids need dental hygiene. That's on the parents to take care of that. Exactly. Mm. You're right about that. Can you guess what I'm going as for Halloween tonight with my kids? Yourself? You're ugly enough. You don't need a costume. Well, kind of. You're kind of right. I'm going as a disgruntled Rangers fan who has to watch the freaking game tonight on tape delay because I'm going to be walking around with my kids when it's 38 degrees outside for Halloween. Oh, what time are you going? But that's the costume. Uh, So what, are you going to wear a Rangers shirt and that's your get up? Mm, either that or I'm just going to put my kids up for adoption before we actually get to the trick-or-treating part. I don't know if that's a Halloween costume. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. What time are y'all going out tonight? Because the game starts a little after 7, so what time are you trick-or-treating? It's got to be dark out, right? That's the trick-or-treat bit is to be walking around the neighborhood when it's dark. Yeah, but it is a school night. 6.30 6.30 to probably 8, I would guess. Okay. So that means I'm 
Now, the good new, the, the good part about that is I really do like watching sports blowing through commercial breaks. But I also enjoy interacting on Twitter, so I have to stay away from Twitter until I'm completely caught up. And the good thing with baseball is that you can you can really go fast, fast-forwarding through baseball if you want to. Even with the pitch clock now, you hit that 15 seconds ahead after every pitch or after something big happens to get to that next pitch if you want to. So I can probably condense the first hour into, I don't know, like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. You don't want to just watch on your phone as you're walking around the neighborhood. You'd rather go with the TiVo bit and just catch up like that. I need to try and be present if I'm going to enjoy trick-or-treating with my kids. Well, your kids need to realize that it's game four of the World Series and the Rangers are trying to win their first title in history, okay? I, I told them, hell, one of them is grounded from bringing any candy home because she's been all shady about sneaking food in the recent past, repeatedly. Mm. So tell her to hold your phone while you watch the game. That's your job, daughter. Or just hang a hang a small LCD screen off of one of their necks. Oh, like Jalen Daniels at Big 12 Media Days. I need a bigger TV than that. That that thing was way too small. Uh, is that why that guy's back is hurting so much? CB's asking if there's a Rangers radio station in Austin. None that I care to support. Hmm. Really? Because you work for one that is airing the games right now. Uh, local Rangers radio station, the local Rangers uh, station. <laughs> yeah, well, it is local, but I guess it's the national broadcast on the ESPN station right now. And unfortunately, they don't get mentions on this show because TSU doesn't get mentions on that station. So I can fix that. Can you? I, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't think I can. Hey, last night, the Rangers got a win. That was exciting. Three to one, the final score in game three of this best of seven World Series. The Rangers just continue to be awesome on the road. They are now nine and oh away from Arlington in these playoffs. That's the most wins on the road in a postseason in Major League Baseball history. And of course, there are still two more road games in this series. So the Rangers have a chance to add to their record setting postseason with the win tonight and or tomorrow. Uh, it wasn't a super dominant win for the Rangers, but the Rangers pitching the bullpen, which has been much maligned all season long and rightfully so. If you're a Rangers fan who's kept up with his team all year long, you know just how bad this bullpen has been this year. The bullpen, they needed to step up because Max Scherzer left the game after just three innings with the back injury and the bullpen gives up just one run in six innings of work to preserve the three to one victory. Tip of the cap to John Gray. Josh Spores continues to get the job done. Aroldis Chapman gave up the run, but did get a double play to get out of the threat. And then Jose Leclerc working a one, two, three, ninth inning. The Rangers' bullpen has been a story all playoffs long, and they were the story in the game three win. Yeah, John Gray, who was going to be the game four starter, but with the Rangers up three nothing and Max Scherzer, unfortunately, his back locking up on him like that, spasming, he was done for the night. And so the options were either to try and go with some combination of Heaney, Dunning, and then get to the back end of the bullpen or go with John Gray. And I like Bruce Bochy's decision right there of sticking with Gray. At one point, Will Smith was warming up. 
which I know that he's only given up earned runs in one game this postseason. He was so bad at the end of August and September, though. That was that was not a good prospect for me. So I'm glad Gray went back out there for one more inning. Didn't throw a ton of pitches either, 30 pitches. So it's possible they might get him uh, out of the bullpen. Not not tonight, of course, but maybe for game five, or he probably does turn into the starter in game seven if Max Scherzer's back doesn't calm down and this series makes it that far. But yeah, you have to give huge credit to the pitching, including uh, Aroldis Chapman, by the way, who has been a, an absolute roller coaster ride in high pressure situations throughout his career. The run was not good and it felt like he was teetering on the brink of giving up more. And I'm not even kidding you. When he, when he got that double play, my kids were upstairs in bed by that point. I mean, I let out a yell that Justine was like, you need to be quiet or you're about to wake the kids up. That was way too loud. I'm like, I don't care. Hmm. That was an enormous moment in this postseason. And if the Rangers end up winning it all, this is a moment that we need to remember back to because we've seen this situation play out in the past where it didn't go Texas advantage. But right now it did. Leclerc comes in on the ninth and, and shuts it down. And here we are up to one. That became a must win game. I think as soon as Scherzer went out of the game, and Gray came in. You never know what's going to happen. It's sports after all, but I kind of feel like tonight is going to be a loss because things are in such disarray. Uh, Garcia, obviously, we're still waiting on his status update. It looked like he may have uh, strained an oblique or something in his lower back. Uh, even uh, Josh Sabaro's great pizza, um, but uh, he, it looked like he maybe strained his back a little bit, so he might not be available tonight either. So you needed to get that win last night to uh, give yourself a, a better chance to win that game because considering how many guys were dropping like flies with back injuries, it just uh, felt like today was going to be very much up in the air. Now, this would be a great game tonight, BK, for those Rangers bats to come alive and it turn into uh, one of those slugfests where it ends like 12 to 10 or something like that. That's the only way I feel mm. like the Rangers win tonight's game. It's certainly possible, but it becomes much more difficult if Garcia is not in the lineup. Well, it is bullpen game versus bullpen game tonight. Yeah. And the Rangers are at least starting a starter in Andrew Haney. Yeah. The D-bags are starting Joe Mantiply, who literally is a bullpen guy. Yeah, multiply, Mantiply, uh, you know, small fry, whatever. Uh, he's a bullpen guy. Like he had 35 games this year during the regular season and pitched 39 innings. So yeah, he is a one inning guy. This is literally a Johnny all staff game for Arizona. So even though, you know, Andrew Heaney hasn't been great in these playoffs, hell, he didn't make it out of the first inning in his one start against the Astros. And then Dane Dunning, who's probably going to piggyback Andrew Heaney hasn't been great in these playoffs either. The Rangers actually are in a better spot. I think bullpen wise, than Arizona is because they at least have a couple of starters that they uh, feel good trotting out there. So this could be a high-scoring game. I mean, but both teams might need it to turn in to one of those because I don't know what type of pitching you're going to get from either side tonight. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a bullpen game, man. Starting pitching depth, not the strength of either one of these teams. It's kind of amazing that they both gotten to this point considering that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, obviously going to be tested tonight. So the good news for the Rangers teams in, tier, in series that were tied 1-1 the road team that wins game three has gone on to win 29 of 39 world series that's 74 percent of the time and when the road team wins game three in this 2-3-2 format on the road uh 74 of the time that team goes on to win the world series and if you're looking for 
if you're trying to go to bed early tonight, whoever scores first is going to win and whoever doesn't score first is going to lose. Teams to score first teams yeah. to score first in these playoffs are 30 and 9 and the Rangers themselves are a perfect 9 and 0 when scoring first in these playoffs. And Arizona 7 and 0, I believe. I think you're right. I think you're right. So yeah, obviously in these first 3 games, the team that scored first has gone on to win. Uh, also teams to out homer their opponents are 23 and 4. Huh. In these playoffs, the Rangers only hit one, but that was one more than the D-bags hit last night. So, yeah, it's been weird, man. I mean, obviously, scoring first helps in any sport, but the fact that it's that dramatic with both of these teams, but really with the entirety of the MLB postseason, uh, almost feels like uh, first-run wins this year. Speaking of home runs, it's obviously very difficult to judge whether a ball off the bat is going to be a home run when you're watching on television. But does Corey Seager hit any home runs that aren't no-doubters? <laughs> I mean, I feel like anytime he gets a hold of the ball, obviously the first pitch has been talked about ad nauseum at this point. I mean, he clubs that thing out of here. And it's you can kind of see his reaction some of the time, but even without looking at his reaction, just the way that ball flies off of his bat, it's something special, man. Yeah, it is. And I am so happy that teams continue to pitch to that guy. I mean... <laughs> I can't figure out why they do, but because I root for the team that he plays for, I'm very happy that they do. Uh, yeah, Corey Seager, that was the difference in the game. The Rangers didn't need a lot of offense. They only scored in one inning yesterday, but they put up that crooked number, and the bullpen was able to hang on for dear life. So, yeah, Seager's been great. Uh, he's your World Series MVP through three games of this series. Also, he made a spectacular play on that double play. like. Yeah. You know, Chapman, okay, give him credit. He got the ground ball. That ball was hit pretty hard. And Seager made a tremendous stop where he had to slide down to a knee to start the DP. Nice turn at second base by Marcus Simeon to get the 6-4-3. But, yeah, Corey Seager has been a beast. So has Adolis Garcia. Rangers fans on pins and needles waiting for an update on Garcia. No lineup yet. No update yet. Um, We'll wait and see. But, God. Just, just when it feels like things are starting to go the Rangers' way, you've got to see the trainer on TV like six times during that freaking game last night, dude. That was rough. Mm-hmm. Cooter is asking, or Cooter says, Trey has 7,000 reasons to yell and wake the kids, or does Justine not know about that? No, Justine knows because much of that $7,000 uh, has been accounted for at this point. Considering some sort of investment, but that investment is likely going to turn into a little bit of spending money for us in Vegas uh, in November. We're going to make a mid-November trip to Vegas by total happenstance. And certainly not uh, believing that we have the 7000 in our pockets just yet. But if we go to Vegas with that winning ticket, some will go to that. And then apparently we're getting a, a new couch for the living room. Hmm. From greatbluehairandfurniture.com. From greatbluehairandfurniture.com. The best furniture that you can find. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off. We may go with the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. You might have to. If you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the video description below. And boom, it's that easy to find. The best furniture in the world is at greatbluehairandfurniture.com. See, there are a few ifs involved with that plan, Trey. Don't you dare the rangers have to win the world series that's the most important one and i'm really mad at you for even talking about seven thousand dollars right now because this thing is far from over i haven't even looked at flights dude i said if the rangers go up three one and have a chance to close out in arizona i'm gonna book a flight to phoenix and get to game five to see if they can close it out 
I won't even pull them up right now. I'm mad for even talking about this right now. I won't look it up. I'm so damn superstitious. So I'm mad at you for talking about 7,000. Do you do you book that flight tonight? Yeah, yeah. If they win tonight, that will be what I do right after the game. And am I able to still go with you? Yeah, I guess. I mean, do you want me to go with you? If you want to go, the more the merrier. One of my one of my good buddies that I grew up with is uh, flying out there today. Be a game four and game five. So, oh, good for him. Uh, I, I don't know if he's got a hotel or something. I haven't looked into any of that stuff because the Rangers are going to lose tonight. And they're going to lose tomorrow. and They're going to lose in game six, and I'm going to cut myself and add more blood to this robe, vest, lab coat thing that I'm wearing here. I called it last Friday. Rangers in five. I'm sticking with that. They I hope you're right. And they clinch it tomorrow. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And number two, the second if. If you get the ticket back from me, because I currently am in possession of your bet slip for that Rangers World Series bet that we placed, that I placed, let me say, I placed back in March. So on my behalf, ifs, a lot of ifs. I I don't see a name on the bet slip, so I don't know. God, it took a month and a half for me to get that Olipop. I may get that winning ticket in 2025 after you've cashed it out you might get two grand of that winning ticket if you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe 200 bucks if you keep this attitude up let me tell you i'm the optimist here i'm the one saying rangers in five you picked arizona to win it all arizona in six still possible it is still i mean shoot if we see the trainer a few more times they're gonna have to ask me and my buddy to play tomorrow in this game Ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. Nice win for the Rangers. Game four tonight. Chance nice to win go for the Rangers. And as many people predicted, once this World Series matchup was set, not a great matchup for Major League Baseball. Did you see that game one is was the least watched World Series game one since they started recording audience metrics back in the 80s or 90s, whenever that was? It goes that far back? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I don't care if anyone else is watching. I don't either. Now, if the Rangers lose, I hope no one's watching. And then I hope they just boycott the series and we act like it never happened. But uh, I know that I'm watching. I'm locked in. And that's all that matters. But no surprise. I mean, this is baseball's worst nightmare. Two teams with very little history. It's hard to call Dallas a small market. I mean, DFW is a top six or seven market and Phoenix isn't small either, but we're not talking about huge baseball markets by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and both cities have a ton of transplants too. People yeah. who have moved from elsewhere to uh, get to a warmer climate and greater opportunities as well. So yeah. even though they are large cities, there are a lot of people who just don't care one way or the other because they're root, they root for the Cubs or the Yankees or you know pick a team up north. Yeah, I assume the cities are doing fine. Like I, I'm sure TV ratings in Club in, in Arizona are great. It's just the rest of the country is like, yeah. You know, if the Astros made it, there'd be a lot of hate watching going on. Obviously, Phillies, Dodgers, Braves, you're talking about a ton of history and a ton of fans with those teams. You know, the Yankees, your Red Sox, everyone knows the uh, the usual suspects in MLB and none of them found a way to get it done this year. So don't care. Don't care. Trey, how about a word for something we do care about? The great share that you're sitting in and our friends over at Relax the Back. 
Yes, relax the back. I am finally getting that stand-up desk, BK. It's happening on Friday. I'm going out to the relax the back location in Bee Cave before our huge Friday broadcast out at Covert Bee Cave. That, of course, includes Ricky Williams being out there from 12 to 1. I am excited for Friday for plenty of reasons. The biggest is probably getting the stand-up desk finally. I'm also going to get uh, one of those exercise balls you can use as a chair, or a stabilizing ball, if you will. Those are recommended if you have a bad back to help strengthen that core. And, of course, Relax the Back sells those, too. They have so many different products, many of which I've purchased over the years. Massage tools, the chair that I have right now that my brother wanted the mullet open. I paid him a couple hundred bucks for it best 200 bucks I've ever spent on a chair and they'd love to help you out as well with your chronic back issues. Heck, Max Scherzer, uh, Josh <laughs> Barrows, perhaps maybe even Adolis Garcia. They need to visit relax the back when they get back from Arizona, go to relax to see all the different products they have and to find the location nearest you. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A text. You're getting some advice on the code of text line 512-222-9328. Trey, put one earbud in and listen to the broadcast like I will with the grandkids. I always listen to the TV broadcast so I can check the phone if something big sounds like it's happening. It's a solid idea, but I need to try and be present for my kids tonight. Yeah, you're going to be there. Yeah, I, I'm like there and engaged yeah. and playing around with them and joking around with them. Joe Davis is young. He could be your kid. Freezing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joe Davis is younger than me. Yeah. Uh, freezing my ass off, too. I mean, it's this. I don't know what has happened with the Texas climate around Halloween. I feel like most of the last five years, it's been way too cold to trick or treat on October 31st. Last year, I feel like we got a good one. But in the uh, couple years prior to that, uh, it was like rainy and cold or some combination of the two. And here we are. It's not going to be rainy tonight, but it's not going to be warm. Much rather think, be inside watching baseball. I think yesterday was a record-breaking high for Austin in terms of how low the high temperature was. Mm. I don't know if I'm wording that correctly to where it makes any sense. It wasn't a record low. It was a record low high yesterday. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Okay, yeah. So that's that's where we're at. I don't know if today's a record, but yesterday was. And, yeah, it's gotten randomly chilly. Uh, should be nice for Texas and Kansas State, though, this Saturday. Uh, high is expected to be around the upper 70s. Sunshine, weather should not be a factor at all for the biggest home game of the year for the Longhorns. Trey, let's uh, talk some Texas K-State. We'll let you hear from Steve Sarkeesian. And we'll start with this one. This has been a, a very controversial topic for Texas fans in recent days and really over the entirety of the season. It's Steve Sarkeesian's fourth down decision-making. Uh, it just feels like Sark either hates Burt Auburn or forgot that Burt Auburn is on the team. Obviously, you had the fake field goal against Houston. You had two drives against BYU this past Saturday where you turned it over on downs instead of kicking a field goal and taking the points on fourth down. So somebody during Sark's game week press conference yesterday asked Steve Sarkeesian how he decides on whether or not he's going to go for it on fourth um, it's more gut. You know, we have analytics. Um, I always find out kind of what the analytics says, but at the end of the day, I go with um, what I think is in the best interest of our team at that moment. You know, I, I jokingly say people have told me about the book and I said, yeah, we, we have a book too, but 
Last time I checked, President Hartzell and CDC didn't hire the book. They hired Steve Sarkeesian to be the head coach. So I, I kind of trust my gut on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Well, your gut is rotten, Steve. Hate to break it to you. Oh, man. Like, I'm at such a crossroads with this, Trey, because Sark's gut is following the analytics. So it's not like Sark is saying, screw the analytics. The analytics telling me to kick. Nah, F that. My gut is telling me I should go, so we're going to go. No, both decisions that Sark made in the BYU game on fourth down, the analytics said go for it. And most of the fourth down decisions where Sark has decided to go for it have been backed up by the analytics. So it's not like the coach is going rogue and he's saying F all of this data that's at my disposal. I'm doing my own thing. The problem is following the analytics just isn't working. And the analytics don't take into account just how bad this team has been on fourth down, especially on fourth and goal. So it's got to be tough, Trey, because this coach is all gas, no breaks. He wants to be aggressive. And I think most offensive minds always feel that their offense is going to be good enough to pick up the extra yard or two or three on fourth down. But it it sure feels like Sark's got to maybe swallow some pride a little bit, realize how bad Texas has been in those spots, and start to be more willing to send the field goal unit out there. Remember how the previous guy was so anti-three points that he refused to learn the kicker's name? (laughs) It's not quite there just yet. But I'm concerned that it's heading in that direction, that we continue to see Sark be so hard-headed about this that he chooses not to put points on the board in an effort to prove a point. And against better competition, those three or six or maybe sometimes even nine points can come back to haunt you, much like what happened with the previous guy. I mean, we saw it a couple of times this last weekend. And look, ultimately... I don't have that big of an issue with you going for it inside the five, especially because BYU's offense was terrible. But like in the Houston game a couple weeks ago, they choose to pass up the three for a fake field goal to try and pick up a first down on fourth and six. Like either go for it, keep your offense back out there if you have that much confidence in your offense, or kick the field goal. But you also can't completely disparage the three in this era of football even if the metrics tell you that you should do so, even Brandon Staley, as bad as a coach as he's remained with the Chargers over the last few years, has realized that he's making a colossal mistake at times when he's not choosing to take the three. He did a better job of that last year, and that's continued this year too. Now, he still makes plenty of terrible game day and game management decisions. Um, And uh, Steve Sarkeesian falls into that trap a little bit as well. So, Keep going for it inside the five if you want to, but you need to start figuring something out that's going to work there because pretty much everything you've thrown at that problem at this point has failed miserably. Yeah, I mean, the big difference between Sark and Brandon Staley, and there are a few, but Sark's an offensive guy and Staley's a defensive guy. So I think that's part of it. Like, I think a lot of defensive coaches are like, ah, you know, whatever, we'll just take the points, give my defense this thing. But offensive coaches are just like, it's their hubris, it's their pride, it's, man, I, I, I'm i the play caller for this offense. Like, this is my offense. I, I, I've i got something that's going to work because I'm the head coach. I'm the offensive genius. I've got this. And, well, Sark clearly doesn't have this because we're eight games into the season and we're talking about a red zone offense that ranks 120th in the nation. Yeah, Sark being an offensive guy versus Staley being a defensive guy almost makes it worse for the reason that you just said. Like, he is ultimately responsible for the play that's going in there, where they're trying to get it in the end zone. 
and failing time and again. And it's why they have one of the worst red zone offenses in the country right now. Like that's a pretty damning stat for a guy that is looked at as one of the most innovative offensive minds in college football. I mean, literally every other statistical category for Texas is very good. Like the Longhorns are in the top 25 in just about everything. There are a couple of more detailed stats where the Longhorns aren't there. But like the, the main ones that people look at, the total offense, the scoring offense, the total defense, scoring defense, rush, o, pass, all that stuff. Like Texas is top 25 in most major statistical categories. And there's just that eyesore, just that giant pimple in the middle of the nose of this Texas football team. That is them being one of the worst red zone offenses in all of college football. By the way, I think they're like the number two red zone defense in the country. So they've got that figured out, which is great. And they, we saw them bow up. They didn't give up a touchdown against BYU, which was awesome to see. But yeah, that red zone offense, man. And that's that's where it's like, especially this weekend, dude. Like points are going to be at a premium. These are two of the top 15 defenses in the country, right? And Texas is playing with a backup quarterback. It, it's going to be tough to score a lot against this K-State team. And you can't be walking away with zero. You can't be walking away with zero if you want to win this game on Saturday. So... Like you said, you got away with it against, against BYU. That game was 35-6. to six. You were never in any real danger of losing that one. But this game's going to be a lot closer this weekend, which means you can just not be leaving points out there on the field. You've got to trot Burt Auburn out there. He was good against Oklahoma. That was the last real game he's had to kick in. It's not like uh, Burt Auburn sucked. If he was 0-3 against Oklahoma instead of 3-3, for then it's like, all right, we'll go for it every time, whatever. But you've got a kicker, Trey, that I think – People feel good about. I feel good about. Make sure you use him this weekend. Yeah, he leveled out the early to midseason shakiness in the Oklahoma game. So now it's just about putting faith in him, making kicks that are in that 40 to 45 yard range. I think that he has shown the ability in the past to do so. And given the opportunity, he uh, you need to take him up on that more often than not. Because like you said, points are at a premium against at least this weekend's opponent. You can make the argument, I really don't think TCU is going to be that big of a challenge, that the game in Ames could require you making sure that you're maximizing the points that you're putting on the board. So don't fall into the trap that the previous guy did and completely neglect the three because you want everybody to see just how badass of an OC you are. I'm with you. It doesn't work. <laughs> it sucks that it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks that it doesn't work, man. Like, it, it feels like it should with just how talented this offense is. But once again, we're two full months into the year now, and we're still talking about these same problems. So I I just I don't have much faith in things getting drastically better with Texas's red zone offense. And three is greater than zero last time I checked. So got to take the three from time to time. Before we talk Big 12, and we're going to give our power rankings for this Big 12 conference right now because, well, this thing is a lot tougher and tighter than anybody expected. How about a word from our buddy Tom McKay over at AV Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Oh, yeah. AV Consultations. Shout out to Tom McKay. Shout out to the crew at AVC. Definitely 
get set up with the home TV setup of your dreams with AV consultations. And also shout out to our friends at Covert BK this Friday. Legendary lifetime Longhorn and Heisman Trophy winner Ricky Williams will be our guest at our final Texas Longhorn pregame luncheon of the season. 12 to 1. Free food from our friends at Smoky Moe's Barbecue and Verde's Mexican Perea. Trey and I will also be broadcasting live from Covert as well. But most importantly, Ricky Williams. Yes, that Ricky Williams will be taking pictures, signing autographs, kissing hands, shaking babies. You know the deal. Also, Say that wrong? I think you said it right. All right. Also, I don't even remember what I said. Talking plenty of Texas and Kansas. Kissing State. hands, shaking babies. Kissing hands. That's that's what it should be. That's Thanks. what you said. Oh. So you uh, said it right. Thank you. I appreciate that. So come out and see us. Covert Bee Cave. Also, take a look at the great selection of new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs that they've got. Three dealerships. 42 acres, seven different brands, great selection, great deals all year round. Come hang with us this Friday at Covert Bee Cave. Trey, we've got a five-way tie atop the Big 12 right now. I never thought this would happen. Even when every team was 0-0, I didn't, I didn't think this was possible. But we've got five teams that are 4-1 and right now in this league, and there are two teams that are a game back at 3-2 and as the calendar turns to November. The five teams tied for first. You've got Texas. You've got OU. You've got Kansas State. You've got Oklahoma State. And you've got Iowa State. Uh, the first three, maybe not super surprising, considering Texas, K-State, and OU were picked to finish 1-2-3 in this league. But yeah, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, despite some very sluggish starts, are all of a sudden 4-1 and one in league play. And then once again, a game back, you've got Kansas, who ironically enough is the third highest ranked team in this conference. And you've got West Virginia. So I'll ask you, Trey, sitting here on Halloween, if you were to rank the top five teams in the Big 12 right now, how would you do it? Going five to one, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma. Still got OU number one. I mean, they beat Texas, so yeah, I need to put them at number one. So does Kansas need to be number zero then? Yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma fears Kansas. Always work out like it needs to, but yeah, Kansas is three and two right now. Oklahoma slipped up. This is going to be such a fun weekend for the Big 12 because you have four of these teams facing off with one another. Did you say Iowa State and Kansas are also playing? Yeah, in Ames this Saturday. I, I think it's the three best matchups possible this weekend in the Big 12, and they're all happening. So mm -hmm. we're going to learn a lot more after this weekend, but for right now, even though Texas slipped to a ranked OU team and OU lost to Kansas, who is a better football team this year, even without Jalen Daniels in there, and he has also been pretty good their last couple of games too, including throwing the football, so I don't want to sleep on him too much. I realize Texas got a mixed bag with him when he was forced into action here in Austin, but Kansas is not a bad team by any means, so that's not an embarrassing loss on par, like if they had lost to UCF the week before. But yeah, that's how I have it right now. One to five, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I think we're still like a year removed or a year away, excuse me, from losing to Kansas being like an acceptable thing. Okay. But like, it shouldn't be that way. I think you're right. Kansas is six and two. 
and they're a couple of bullshit no calls away from being seven and one. They got hosed in the Oklahoma State game that nobody besides me was probably watching. No, I don't remember that. But OU is still like, like that was Kansas's first top ten win since. That was Kansas's first top ten win at home since. That was Kansas's first win over Oklahoma since. Like Texas was a part of that stat two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. When when we lost to those dudes, like OU is a part of that. So they, Kansas has to get all that stuff behind them. But until that happens, yeah, losing to KU is always going to be viewed as an embarrassing loss. But I'm with you; it shouldn't. Kansas is a good football team. They should be seven and one with a backup quarterback starting most of their games this year. Uh, that's that's absurd. There's KU fan BK coming out there. Uh, I'll go five to one. Our guy SD says, Texas, 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 Texas. Um, it's a good list. Texas number five. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. I'll go with Kansas number five. Wait, Kansas State number five? No, Kansas number five. They're not tied for first. I just said power rank the Big 12. Oh, I see. Okay. I, I think Kansas is better than Iowa State. We'll learn this weekend. I've got Oklahoma State number four, although, once again, I do feel like Kansas is better than Oklahoma State, but OSU did get the win, so I'll give them that. I've got OU number three. I've got Texas number two. I've got Kansas State number one. Uh, If Texas had Quinn Ewers, I think I would flip-flop the Longhorns and the Wildcats. I know Oklahoma fans are like, did you not watch the Texas OU game? Yes, I did, but I said leaving the stadium, and I feel even better about it now that if those two teams got to rematch, Texas would win. So I'm putting Texas ahead of Oklahoma. But right now, with what Kansas State has done, Murphy is the quarterback. No. Because okay. mm. mm. you're ranking them right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think so. Don't feel as good about it. But yeah, I guess I've got to be consistent with uh, my thoughts on who the quarterback is. So, uh, yeah. But K-State, man, they have dominated teams not only are they starting to win games but they've outscored their last two opponents 82 to 3 and of course a houston team that gave texas all sorts of problems two weeks ago k-state beat them 41 to nothing last weekend i I look at that as a little bit of an emotional letdown for houston too because of how much emphasis was put on winning that texas game i do too credit credit kansas state for taking care of business like they needed to like i wish texas would have the previous week but part of that is it falls on Houston maybe not being there, not not being as locked in and, and not being there as much emotionally because of how they lost the previous week. I buy that, but man, 41 nothing's 41 nothing. It is like like there's an emotional letdown and then there's that happening. So uh and then yeah, I mean TCU 41 to three. Uh and then the week before they outscored Texas Tech in the second half like 21 to seven. So if you go and look at the last two and a half games for K-State, they're outscoring their opponents 103 to 10. Hmm. That's pretty freaking impressive. So they're playing the best ball of anybody in the conference right now. Obviously hoping that changes this weekend at DKR, but that's that's where I'm at. I've got K-State number one. I If I were to, uh, to change my rankings based on what you just said, I would have Kansas over Iowa State also. Okay. Quite, quite frankly, it is shocking to me even though they haven't played great competition up to this point, that Iowa State is tied atop the Big 12 just because their offense is so bad. But that speaks to them once again, Jim Heathcliff and that defense getting together, man, and making it hard for opposing offenses to 
sustain drives and score points. Yep. And also helps playing Baylor, Cincinnati, and TCU in the last three weeks. That's a big part of it for sure. But they did beat Oklahoma State, which at the time didn't look like much. But now that is looking like a pretty good win for the Cyclones. I will say this, K-State 1-2 and two in true road games this year. Uh, they got that win in Texas Tech against an 18th string quarterback. They lost the Oklahoma State game and they lost the Mizzou game. So uh, maybe that gives you some hope if you're a Texas fan. The Longhorns unbeaten at home. K-State just 1-2 and two on the road. And I know we've talked a lot about how Avery Johnson has become part of a quarterback rotation for Kansas State. And that is still the case. But he was less a part of the game plan last week because Will Howard had returned to his accurate passing ways last week. So keep that in mind as you are watching this game play out starting at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Will Howard is still the starting quarterback for this team, but they'll put Avery Johnson in there as a sort of spark. He wasn't great running the football last week. He, he was actually better throwing it. They're not asking him to do too much with regards to throwing the football. But ultimately, Chris Kleiman... And that coaching staff, they want to see Will Howard continue to become or turn into that guy that they consider to be a leader of this football team in the preseason. Uh, Avery Johnson kind of lit a fire under Will Howard, right? Yeah. I mean, Will Howard was struggling a little bit. He was awful in that Oklahoma State game. Yep. And then the K-State coaching staff is like, hey, let's play Avery Johnson a little bit. And all of a sudden, Will Howard's like, F that. Uh, I'm yeah. not letting this guy take my job. So mm -hmm. it, it's been a good rotation. Uh, you're right. Avery Johnson wasn't used a ton last week, but they might have just been saving some bullets for him for this Texas game because they knew early on that Houston was not much of a problem at all. So uh, it'll be a tough challenge for sure for the Longhorns. We'll continue to preview that game all week long on this show and, of course, on every show on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are live. We are local from 8 to 5 every single day. Trey, what else do I need to do? Oh, this is something I want to do. I want to talk about Altstadt beer, the best beer that you could find. I had a couple of Altstats to calm the nerves during the game last night. Oh, yeah. probably, have a, probably have a few dozen more tonight to calm the nerves with the freaking bullpen game here that we've got in game four. If you need a great beer for the World Series or for football season or basketball season or hockey season or the MLS playoffs, yeah, those are apparently going on right now. Uh, get you some Altstat beer, H-E-B, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine, wherever you go, they've got Altstat. This stuff is brewed without additives, without preservatives, without unnecessary sugars, and most importantly, this stuff tastes great. You're going to enjoy your beer. You're going to feel good about what you're putting into your system. You're not going to have horrible after effects the next day, and Altstat checks every single box. It's brewed locally as well in Fredericksburg, Texas, but available all over the state. It is Altstat beer, no impurities, no regrets okay it is trade deadline day in the nfl and we've got seen some a couple, couple of deals come to fruition montez sweat goes from the washington commies to the chicago bears and thanks to cb for letting us know about this one the minnesota vikings who are obviously in need of a quarterback with Kirk cousins suffering that ruptured achilles they just traded for josh dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. So Josh Dobbs is finding his third team of the 2023 season now. Not even three days, two days after he was benched by Arizona following their latest loss. I didn't even see Josh Dobbs got benched. That guy played the game of his life against the Cowboys, and then that was it for him? Well, it's, you know, once teams have more tape on you, they understand how to uh, how to stop you. And that was that's what happened with Josh Dobbs to the point that, um, 
Oh, gosh. Who is it? Clayton Toon from U of H was supposed to be starting this weekend's game for the Cardinals. Wow. That's cool. Good for Clayton Toon. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess I get why Minnesota's doing this. I, I don't I don't know how much Josh Dobbs helps, but I guess he's better than... Well, they've got Jaron Hall, the rookie out of BYU, the fifth rounder that they took, and I think Nick Mullins is also on their team. So and Nick Mullins is hurt right now, so they are yeah. completely screwed other than the rookie who was forced into action with Kirk Cousins out last week. What is going on with quarterbacks this year, both at the NFL level and in college? It feels like there is just an excessive amount of injuries at the quarterback position. Eh, feels the same to me. Does it? Who, how many guys are out in the NFL? Like Rodgers, obviously, was the big one. Cousins here is a big one. De- Deshaun's on. the, the rapist has missed some time. Sorry, alleged rapist has missed some nope. time. Deshaun. Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's missed all the time. He's out of the league. <laughs> uh, let's go. Uh, so Tua has stayed healthy this year. Allen has stayed healthy. Mac Jones has unfortunately stayed healthy. <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett just got hurt. Deshaun yeah. Watson. Joe Burrow has been dealing with an injury. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has stayed healthy. CJ Stroud has stayed healthy. Tannehill's hurt. Uh, the Colts lost... Um, Richardson. Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, yeah, for the year. Uh, Chiefs are okay. Chargers are okay, although Herbert is hurt once again. The Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt earlier earlier this year. Russell Wilson's good. I don't know. It's a mixed bag right now, but it feels like between college and pro football, there are a lot of starters hmm. who are missing significant time with injuries. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just it happens every year. I think. It sucks. That's why you get all these rules to protect the quarterback because they're the most yeah. important position, and that's why people watch. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just this is a thing now, unfortunately. Vikings and Bears have backup quarterbacks. And did you see what happened with the Falcons, by the way? That uh, Devin Ritter essentially ends up getting benched at halftime yeah. for Taylor Heineke. And freaking Arthur Smith, Then I swear, that guy, he is angling to get fired and get all that guaranteed money. After the game, they're like, oh, we saw something that was a little bit suspect, so we evaluated him for a concussion. Cleared a concussion protocol, but we decided to keep him out of the game at that point. So just admit that you benched the guy, Arthur Smith. Like, What what mind games do you think you're playing with everybody? It's just like him refusing to put Bijan Robinson on the injury report two games ago. Even though they knew that he was questionable going into that game because he started experiencing headaches on Saturday night. Yeah. This is this guy's like f the man, you know. He's he's going rogue. He doesn't want to follow the rules of the NFL. He likes to do his own thing. To the degree that he has made himself look like a pedophile too, with that nasty mustache. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. Oh, uh, you kind of do. Hey, did you hear uh, Joe Buck last night on Monday Night Football when he was introducing Jimmy Garoppolo? No, what did he say? Let me check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, the very sexy garbage. <laughs> that's jimmy g right now man he is garbage and so are the raiders before we get to where we at in society uh look the lions didn't play all that great but they did yeah jameer gibbs was fantastic the best game of his young nfl career nice bounce back for the lions they get a win after just getting steamrolled by the ravens the week before uh the bigger story though is not how good the lions are even though i think they're pretty good the story is just how bad Josh McDaniels is and how awful the Vegas Raiders are. 
Yeah, I mean, I could have told anybody that about Josh McDaniels when they hired him. As a matter of fact, I was saying it out loud when they hired him. That guy is a colossal piece of shit who should never be given that much control over an NFL franchise. And now the Raiders are finding out the hard way with the Denver Broncos already found out several years ago. The sooner yeah. you fire that guy, the better off the franchise is going to be. But who is, who has any faith that Mark Davis is going to do what's right here? Nobody. None. Nobody. And yeah, this was a playoff team two years ago. Yeah. When they had the racist, they fired him. And then Rich Passaccia, the interim head coach, led them to the playoffs. They nearly beat Cincinnati the year the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. And they said, no, nah, Passaccia, you're not good enough. We're going to bring Josh McDaniels over from New England. And yeah, it, it was awful in Denver the first time around. And it is falling apart. Hell, it has fallen apart in Vegas. You're right. They, they should make a move soon to try to salvage that thing the best they can. But it was ugly and... Jimmy G's horrible. Devontae Adams is pissed on the sideline, MFing everybody, and the cameras are picking it up. It's it's just a nightmare right now. In Sin City. He should be. Jo Josh Jacobs was furious after the game. They asked what, what can fix the offense. He's like, you need to ask the person in charge of that. That's not my job. I don't know, Jake. Yeah, our guy Jeff Barker, who's on with us one to three every Monday. Big Raiders fan. No clue. No clue how he puts up with it, man. I, I thought I had it rough as a Cowboys fan, and I do, but better than the Raiders. Better than the Raiders. Quick word for Olipop, the best soda that's out there. It's a great tasting soda that's actually good for you. Inside of every can, a blend of botanicals, plant fibers, and prebiotics that help with digestive health and microbiome support. Nine grams of fiber in every can, only two to five grams of sugar in every can. Most importantly, the taste. Uh, this stuff tastes just like soda. All of the flavors that you love, the cola, the root beer, the lemon lime, the grape, the cherry cola, and so many more. Great taste. Healthy soda. Didn't think it was possible. Our friends at Olipop have made it possible. Get you some at HEB, Target, Costco, Walmart, Whole Foods, wherever you buy your groceries, you can buy you some Olipop. Have you tried it yet, Trey? I have not tried it yet. I'm planning on trying it this weekend, though. You got to wait till the weekend to drink something that's yeah, non-alcoholic? Weekend is for uh, splurging a little bit. I'm no, a, a water and black coffee guy during the week. It's healthier than black coffee. I don't know about that. Olipop, yeah. much healthier than regular soda. I don't know if it's better for you than regular black coffee. Mm. I'll... I'll uh... I'll ask somebody about that. But I do know which flavor I'm going to try first, though, once I do drink it. Because you gave me, I want to say, four different flavors. Okay. Sorry, Olipop. It's not you. It's me. I, I'm, I'm giving the grape flavor away. I just, I don't like grape oh. things. The root beer flavor has my name on it. Okay. Yeah, the root beer is awesome. And Thank then you. the there's a fruit punch also. Yeah, tropical punch. I'm going to try that one, too. There you go. Yeah. Grape's my favorite. I'll take that one back. I'll get it's it in two. That's a great flavored one. I'll probably get it in two months. You're right, right about this, CB. Where did this go? Uh, Bijan is being underused is an understatement. It is criminal what Arthur Smith is doing with Bijan Robinson right now. Allowing fucking Jonu Smith to throw a pass in the red zone. Taking Bijan Robinson off the field at the same time versus giving Bijan the damn ball. Is Tom Herman coaching out there now? Kind of seems like it. Or is Arthur Smith the new Jeff Fisher when it comes to not, like maybe he didn't want to draft the Longhorn. If Jeff so, Fisher were fatter and looked more like a pedo, then yes. Mm, Fisher looked like a pedo. 
He had a bad stash too. He had more of that push broom stash, more of the Mario Brothers stash than Arthur yeah. Smith. I mean, Ar- yeah. Arthur Smith makes you look like you've got a push broom mustache going on right now. Yeah, you could slide a broom across this thing. Have you started dyeing it yet to make it look darker and more filled in? No, uh uh-uh. uh. It's coming it's in pretty, pretty nice, good. though. It's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Obviously, started before November. Got a one week head start, but we're rolling, baby. We are rolling. I had my wife tell me that I need to grow facial hair back out last night. Really? Yeah. She's like, you need more facial hair. I'm like, do I look that ugly without facial hair? She's like, you just need more facial hair, okay? Uh, That's a yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, thanks, wife. Yeah, appreciate your support. Now, you grow a beard now, huh? You need less lip, wife. Oh, I I did not say that. Because that would have been the end of me. <laughs> yeah, this show would be midday with BK and BK if uh, you dropped that one last night. Uh, Sean, yes, I am one of those psychos drinking iced coffee in the cold. You got AIDS. Little, I don't have AIDS. One of the uh, dirty little secrets about cold weather, maybe it's less of a secret now, one of the best things to consume when it's cold outside, ice cream. Truly. Ooh. There's never a bad time for ice cream, right? Never a bad time, but a lot of people shy away from ice cream initially when it's cold outside. It's one of my favorite times to have ice cream is when it's cold. Yeah, it's one of my top two favorite times. The other one is when it's hot. What about when it's middling? Nah, I'll go with the brownie at that point. I don't do middling. But what I do do is call pest wranglers. (laughs) This has gone off the rails, man. A word. From Pest Wranglers. Save us, please. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers. 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at Pest where are we at in society today that's right it is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction very occasionally i will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism as it's all saying to ourselves hey maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out and today well it's kind of that day i need to show you the story that i was going to talk about before we decided to power rank halloween candy always a good bit on october 31st I'm going to have to get to this one tomorrow, BK, because I felt like it fit with the Halloween theme. Okay. There's a woman who is proudly bragging about the fact that she is turning herself into a human cat. So I'm just going to show you a picture before we power rank the Halloween candy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got a real life Maureen Ponderosa from It's Always (laughs) Funny. Oh my God! Yeah, we need a full ten minutes on this story tomorrow. Uh, just look at these Whoa. pictures. Yeah, it, it's scary. Oh. It is honestly fucking scary, dude. God, <laughs> I might throw I might throw into my surgical mask here, dude. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious! She's what's wrong with people? Like you do you, I guess, but that is really messed up no don't do that if you doing you is doing that then don't do you do somebody else 
I don't think anyone's doing her, though. Golly. Well, in 2023, there are plenty of people who are attracted to cats, so no doubt she'll have plenty of suitors. Oh, my God. That is awesome, dude. Wow. I can't wait for that. But now, we talk Halloween candy. That's right. We're power ranking our favorite Halloween candies. Should we do the Mount Rushmore? I don't know if anyone in sports media have ever done something like that. Where we do a Mount Rushmore, maybe the top four in honor of those president guys who are up on that thing in uh, that place. Sounds like an original idea to me. Okay. What's, uh, what's yours? Or do you want to go one at a time, alternating back and forth? Yeah, let's see if we have any of the same, though. So I'll just give you, I'll, I'll give you what is my clear-cut number one, and then okay. I have obvious number two as well. And by the way, full-sized candy bars or full-sized packages of candy, that's the ultimate number one. There's a house that's giving that away, and there is a house here in our neighborhood. It's actually friends of ours. That's the number one candy right there. The king size. The king size. Yes. But really. my number one is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Is that on your list? That's my number one as well. The okay. best candy ever made. Hell yeah. Yep. All right. What What is uh, maybe the second highest up on the list for you? Twix. Big fan of the Twix bar. The chocolate, the caramel, the little cookie guy. I'm, a, I'm more of a right Twix kind of guy. Uh, you know, it's a very polarizing debate for some. Which What's, what's the difference? Oh, a huge difference. You can't taste the difference between the right Twix and the left Twix? I have a very simple palate, clearly. Yeah, you're an idiot is what you are, clearly. <laughs> right Twix is number two on my list. What about you? Peanut M&M's. Ooh, peanut or peanut butter? Peanuts. I actually think the peanut are way better than the peanut butter M&M's. The peanut butter M&M's are trying way too hard to be Reese's Pieces, and they're just not. Hmm. Okay. Peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's is... And the peanut M&M is what I will get when I go to the movies. Like, I get that over the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because I just like, it's almost like candy popcorn. Like, you can just pop, keep popping pieces into your mouth throughout the movie. Mm. You like that, don't you? Popping keep, pieces into my mouth? Just keep putting stuff in your mouth? Yes. Okay. What's when it's chocolate-covered peanuts, yes. Yeah, chocolate-covered what now? Chocolate-covered penis. You heard me. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. Uh, what's number three for you? This is a tough one. I, I like your your Twix answer, but ultimately, I feel like I need to go... God, Reese's kind of has my number here. Reese's Fast Break. What is that? Reese's Fast Break. It's a good candy bar. What What's what's in there? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Great candy bar. You don't even know what it is. I go with What's my number three. It's uh, yeah, I'm, you're gonna dunk on me for this one. Not a super popular Halloween candy, but I've gotten it once or twice, or I did when I was a kid. The uh, Hershey's cookies and cream. You ever have those? Ew, gross! Those are <laughs> disgusting. What are you talking about? Yeah, see, I knew that was coming. And then I've got Milky Way as number four. That's my top four. Mount Rushmore of Halloween candies. Milky Way. That is, you, boy, you just. You just crash landed there with that list. What? Three Musketeers? No, Three Musketeers is like a, a slightly worse version of Milky Way. If you're going to go Milky Way, just go Snickers. Just get the peanuts in there, too. Not a big nut guy like you are. 
Milky, Milky Way would be good if it had the peanuts in it like the Snickers bar does because it's essentially <laughs> the Snickers minus the peanuts. Okay. What's your number four then, dude? Snickers. Snickers. Okay. Fast break is Reese's fast break milk. I don't know what makes it fast break <laughs> milk. Chocolate. Peanut butter. And then some candy bar on the bottom for a little bit of crunch. Okay. Terrible list. Let's ask our guys Chip and Zay what their favorite Halloween candies are. What's up, fellas? What's happening? What's happening? Hey. What uh, what say y'all? We just ran down our Mount Rushmore's of best Halloween candy. What uh, what's on y'all's lists? Oh man, I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be Reese's, man. Yeah. yeah, it's on my list too. Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, keep it yeah. OG. Now nobody's kind of kind of into this office. take five or whatever Reese's thing they got. What is the take five? It's got like some caramel and some nuts in it with the chocolate and the peanut butter. Hmm. You guys are just ruining your chocolate with nuts, huh? You guys and your nuts, man. You just have to have them in your mouth all nuts, the time. Man. Give them a break. <laughs> I'm nuts. Save, save the nuts for another time. You don't need to be doing this on Halloween night, all right? Well, BK, you're asking for the peanut butter and your, uh, your Reese's peanut butter cups. And this is the butter. It's different. Yeah, Rob's on it. Rob's on it. The take five. Huh. Come on, man. All right, I got to knock on my neighbor's doors and see if I can get some of those tonight. Think I'm too old for trick-or-treating? No. Yeah, yeah. What are you supposed to be? They're also going to assume with that mustache that you're just looking to find where the little kids live in the apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> they're on to me. Shoot. All right, fellas. I'm dressed as Dan Campbell, by the way. There you go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch your kneecaps, Zay. Yeah. I'm biting. Can you guys guess what I'm dressed as? Uh, it's a long one. I'm dressed as a parent who's pissed off that he's going to be walking around with his kids trick-or-treating for the first hour plus of the World Series tonight. Yeah. Mm. That's tough, man. You pull yeah, it up on your phone or something, you know? I'm I'm gonna try and be present. Put an AirPod in your ear. Listen to the game. Gonna try and be present. <laughs> Father of the year, you are. Yeah, you got this. Unless I can find somebody to adopt them before tonight. Ooh. Good luck with that. <laughs> Father of the year, right there. <laughs> Father of the year, Fody. Uh, gentlemen, we'll be locked in. Y'all have a great show. Good show.